Happy New Year, people, and welcome back to the channel. Hope you've had a fantastic festive season and happy holidays to all. Well, now we get down to the business of Grand Slam predictions as the Australian Open is creeping up on us. And I'm genuinely looking forward to not just that, but all the Grand Slams this year and looking forward to a fantastic year ahead in the tennis world before we get into it though remember to hit that like button and do subscribe if you are new as well really does help us out thank you to those as well that have become members genuinely helps a great deal uh, to give you even better quality content to you guys uh, so yeah please do continue that support and also do leave a rating or a view if you're listening on a podcast platform okay let's get into this then Grand Slam predictions for 2023. So first of all, what I'm going to do is I'm going to very briefly, of course, tell you guys who won in 2022 and then give you guys my predictions for each Grand Slam for first of all, the ATP side, then I'll do the WTA side and I'll give you also a dark horse uh, for each Grand Slam as well. So someone who I think is going to perform well, whether that be some a complete outsider that could potentially win it or even just a complete outsider who might go deeper at a tournament that, wouldn't have been expected to, to on paper in terms of ranking and also historical results as well, I guess. So let's talk about then the Australian Open. So that's coming up pretty soon. And on the men's side, uh, we are looking like we're going to have a full strength, uh, full strength field, which is going to be incredible. We're going to have Novak Djokovic. We're going to have Rafa Nadal. We're going to have Carlos Alcaraz, Alexander Zverev. We're going to have... Daniel Medvedev, we're going to have Stefanos Tsitsipas, Andre Rublev, Felix Auger-Aliassime. We're going to have all these guys fit. There aren't any glaring omissions so far, and hopefully that continues. Hopefully no one gets injured before then. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. So the predictions for that we'll get to in a second. Before I do, though, we'll have to talk about 2022 and arguably one of Rafa Nadal's greatest Grand Slam wins winning the Australian Open. Of course, no Novak Djokovic present due to that whole, uh, let's say, dramatic, uh, dramatic visa uh, deportation on top of, you know, just, yeah, the whole vaccine situation. So, look, you know, whether you agree or disagree, uh, on his ban and also whether you agree or disagree on his ban being overturned we now know that he will be participating in 2023 which from a tennis point of view is fantastic uh, and he was missed i think in 2022 but nadal managed to i think you know put on a show really coming from two sets to love down and a break going against Medvedev to win that final and especially given he hadn't played since roland Garros the year before just played the melbourne somerset the week before the train open to then, you know, go through and win it, his weakest Grand Slam on paper was an incredible feat. So that was a fantastic watch. Uh, that's for sure. And that match in the final was uh, one of the best matches I've watched, uh, if I'm being honest with you, in terms of not just, not necessarily quality, but drama uh, and one of the best matches I've called. But now we've got a fully fit, you know, we've got a fully fit field. And I think the favourites really are going to be Alcaraz and Djokovic uh, personally. And I think Nadal and Medvedev slightly below them. Uh, and then below that, you've got yours where just it passes. Um, that's kind of how I see it in terms of favourites and, and people that I think, you know, have the best chance of winning. So you'd expect my prediction to be Alcaraz or Djokovic. But I'm actually going to go pretty left field. 
Um, left field, maybe an exaggeration, but I'm going, going to go with Daniel Medvedev. And I'm going to explain to you why. Novak Djokovic, in my opinion, is the... I mean, he is the easy pick because he's won there nine times at the Australian Open. He has the best record at this slam of anyone in history. Uh, he is the overwhelming favorite, in my opinion, going into the tournament. I know I, I bracketed him with Alcaraz. But that's more to do with the fact that his form after the US Open coming into this is a big plus. And also, I think, you know, he didn't play in Nadal or Djokovic at the US Open or even a Medvedev, but I think he's got a good chance of beating any of those guys at the moment. Uh, but we'll see how he how he does going into the Australian Open. But I think, you know, if we're talking about favourites, Djokovic is 1A, Alcaraz is 1B. But the reason I'm not going with Djokovic is there's a couple of factors, and I'll talk about it now. I think the first one is... I'm not 100% sure what the environment is going to be like at the Australian Open for him. Because in the past, he would have just had people cheering him on. I mean, he would have had an incredible atmosphere, uh, you know, in Australia, on centre court in Australia, that is, Rod Labour Arena. I mean, he just lap, would lap it in and we know that it helps to fuel him nowadays because in the past he was very accustomed to being able to play the villain and played onto the crowds in almost dislike for him really and used that to his advantage against opponents. Nowadays though, I don't think he enjoys it. I don't. I actually think it's the opposite. I think now he is almost become normal in his attitude towards the crowd. And I actually think he wants the crowd to adore him. And I don't see why that's a bad thing. And I, and I can also understand why he would want that because he's won 21 Grand Slams. I don't think he expects to be booed like he was against Rafa Nadal at the running girl. So I don't think that was right either. Uh, should the crowd have cheered him on? I mean, it's up to the crowd who they support. And if they want to cheer on... I think he said something like 96% want to cheer on Nadal, then that's up to them. And that's fine. In my opinion, that's fine. Obviously, you cheer on who you cheer on. But they, they shouldn't have booed him. And I, I'm not necessarily saying that the Australian crowd will boo him. And you might be thinking, for example, why would they even have any dislike towards him or why would they potentially be turned uh, from loving him to suddenly not loving him and potentially even disliking him? And, you know, in an extreme example, booing him. It's, it's to do with this whole visa situation and a lot of people might think that he should have served a three-year ban from australia after being deported and those people that think that they might be saying well it's just been overturned he's now back in the country why is he getting special treatment and i'm what i'm doing is i am playing devil's advocate here and giving you guys a taste of what I think. I think it's going to be a small portion of the crowd will be thinking. Uh, and they'll be thinking, well, look, he's had special treatment. We don't like that. We now don't like him. We're going to show everyone that we're unhappy with the situation. Then I think there's going to be also another small portion of people that, will, that there'll be an overlap here. If you picture a Venn diagram uh, that 
they'll be saying, well, he shouldn't have even been able to, he shouldn't have played at all. So they agree with the decision to have him deported and they're just not, and they're also not happy with his vaccination status, which again is more political, right? That, that's that's very political then, and also not happy with his choice in, you know, a polit- well, his beliefs, let's say, on that topic. So I think those are the two sets of people. Very, I think they're going to be minorities. I don't think it's going to be half, for example, of the crowd, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was, say, a quarter of the crowd. And a quarter of the crowd can be enough to be noticeable right for sure uh, then i think there'll be some some parts of the crowd that you know that will be impartial towards it and, and they may not be there for djokovic and they also don't dislike djokovic so there's kind of like a, a polite applause and then then you'll have the, the djokovic fans and they will be i think at least 50 percent of the crowd who will be cheering him on will be really wanting him to to go on and win of course so the question is going to be how much of an effect is are those minority groups going to have on Djokovic and his psyche and his mentality? Because in the past, it wouldn't have had any effect at all, really. Uh, but I do think now that it does have an effect. And I think he does want to be... Like, he tries to play into the crowd. He When he wins an incredible point, he'll look at the crowd and he'll say, come on, come on. He would also do this and tell the and like say to the crowd, look, I can't, oh, I can't hear you. Are you booing me? Are you booing me? But it's not as much anymore. He doesn't like it when the crowd's against him. And I have a feeling that could play some sort of effect. Uh, just the the mental side of it. Also, it's going to be interesting to see how the press handle it. Are they going to probe him on that? Are they going to probe him on the whole situation? And will that affect him? Because he has openly come out and said it's, it was a very stressful ordeal and mentally challenging. So he's arguably the most mentally tough player on tour but this isn't really to do with tennis this is more of outside factors uh, and now how that will affect his tennis it remains to be seen and it may have zero effect and if it does then i think he goes on to win it but i have a feeling that it might have some effect and i feel like you're only it's he's only human at the end of the day yes he is a machine when it comes to tennis but he's a human when it comes to having feelings to having emotions and unless the crowd is a lot less against him than I than I'm predicting I don't see it not having an effect on him I think it has to have some sort of effect whether it's enough for him not to win the title we shall see um, but I'm going with Daniel Medvedev because I feel like Djokovic might be affected by that somewhat I also think Given the full strength now field, um, we're seeing we're going to see Djokovic in a tournament before the Australian Open, and he played really well towards the back end of last year. I'm just wondering, it was almost as if the end of that year probably came at the wrong time for him because I felt like he was hitting like peak form at the end of the ATP Tour Finals. I know that there was a bit of tiredness as well. Um, he lost to Holgerun in the Paris Masters final, fine, but generally he just looked imperious throughout the, that back end after the US Open, where of course he didn't play. So I'm thinking he's going to have to restart his engines a little bit, and the draw is going to play a big, big part, in my opinion. And if, for example, he is to draw and have a more 
let's say, tumultuous, you know, road to the final, given that he's, he, I think he's going to be ranked number five or seeded number five if everyone's fit. You know, it could be tough and we'll, we'll see. But so I'm not going with Djokovic, which I think a lot of people will be, and they'll be screaming uh, at me as they're watching this saying, how can you not pick him? And I can understand. But I'm going to go Daniel Medvedev. I'm just going with my gut really more than anything. Carlos Alcaraz, I think I don't see him winning back-to-back Grand Slams. I think it's going to take him a little bit of time just to adjust to the fact that he's world number one and also that he just won a slam. Uh, people will give him the tag of being a favorite, as I have done so with being 1A, 1B with Djokovic. But and I think he will go relatively deep. I think he'll make a quarter or semi. But I don't see him winning it. I think if he were to make the final, I think he'd win it. Because I just think he's playing with that much confidence. But I also think there is an air of, there is a degree, sorry, even of pressure on him. And I think that showed when he played his first tournament as one on one and he lost. That's because the pressure is telling and the expectation is a lot higher now given what he's done. So I don't think he's going to have a massive drop off like, say, Radicanu did because he's played a few seasons, whereas she played half a season. He has played seasons beforehand and also I think he's in a different position. He's won tournaments before the US Open. He has kind of worked his way up. He'll be he'll be fine. I just think it might take him after the Australian Open, it might even take him half a season. It might even take him the whole season to really get to grips um with it. But I have a feeling he'll be fine. I just don't think he'll win the Australian Open. And then for Rafa Nadal, I just think the surface is not <laughs> It's just not really suited to his game. And we saw him in Paris, and I understand that's a bit more extreme in the sense that it's a quick it's a quick hard court, but it's also indoors, which I think exacerbates some of the weaknesses that we see in Nadal's game when it comes to hard court tennis. But in saying that, I still think it's really tough for him on the on the fast hard courts of the Australian Open and the fact that he won australia last year was <laughs> i mean an incredible feat and i think it just makes it even more incredible personally uh, so what i would say is that i cannot wait i genuinely cannot wait for him to play it but i, I as i can't wait for alcaraz and Djokovic and all the rest but i don't see him winning it. i don't see him as a contender and look i could be writing him off at my power and maybe i am but i just have a feeling for him to win it back to back as well in terms of years it is almost it's unlikely at this stage of his career given that he'd only won it once prior to winning it last year so doubled up of course to win it twice in total i can't see it happening uh, and then you've got the rest of the field like his rares and sits passes etc i just i don't see them winning it. I think Zverev is coming up from injury. Sits past made semi-finals in back-to-back years, but I think the court's a little bit too fast for his backhand side when he comes up against someone who really is able to uh, you know, expose that backhand side uh, because they've either got an elite backhand themselves or they're able to hit elite into-out forehands uh, with elite footwork, then he, he will come undone, I think. So that's not to say that he can't make the semis or even make the final, but I just don't see him winning it. So for me, Daniel Medvedev, uh, the Australian Open. Now, Roland Garros... Oh, sorry, before I go on to Roland Garros, of course, Dark Horse. Now, it's difficult because 
you could say Nick Kyrgios is a dark horse for Australian Open, but is he now on a dark horse given that he made the final of Wimbledon? And I'm not quite sure he is, although he's ranked 27, I think it is. So he's ranked outside of top 20. Does that count? Whereas Yannick Sinner's ranked higher, sorry, ranked, yeah, higher. So he's in the top 15, top 20, but he hasn't made a final of a slam. He's only made a quarter final, if I'm not mistaken. I think the real dark horse is Holgerun. I think the real dark horse is Holgerun. Um, after that Paris Masters win, I also think the break didn't come at the right time for him, but I think he'll be a real dark horse uh, this year. But maybe not for the Australian Open, so I'll hold off on calling him the dark horse. I think it's going to be Yannick Sinner or Nick Kyrgios. I, I don't know quite whether they qualify, but I'm just going to make up my own rules and say that they do qualify. I mean, Kyrgios, we know, given how he played last year, he can beat anyone if he plays uh, his, you know, his top level of tennis and is able to mentally tune in and dial in throughout a whole match. Now, that's easier said than done for him, but he is going to be extremely tough to beat if he is uh, if he's dialed in. Really, really tough to beat. And I have a feeling that he's going to be really up for this. Um, so if he gets a favourable draw, do not rule him out. Going not just deep, but even potentially winning it, uh, especially at home. And then Carlos Alcaraz, sorry, not Carlos Alcaraz, Yannick Sinner, has you know shown that he is formidable on all surfaces now. Oh, we shall see. We shall see how he gets on. I think the draw also has a part to play for him, but he should be looking to go deep. He should. Guys, I have a very exciting partnership and platform to talk about top level tennis com or top level tennis is a platform which i genuinely think is a fantastic platform for tennis players casual to pro level standard it has some incredible courses on here with technical advice from the basics to you know things that people would use in advanced match play uh, they actually reached out to me and said look you know, would you be interested in talking about this? And I said, yeah, of course, because I, I had a, got a login for it and I went on it. And you can see here, there's people like Albert Castellani, Boris Becker, of course, winner of many Grand Slams, as they say there, Marco uh, Panici, who's the fitness coach of Novak Djokovic, Wolfgang Team, father and coach of Dominic Team, and Dominika uh, Kibulkova who was a former number four WTA star and Australian Open finalist on top of Rosella Radwanska, former 29 ranked WTA player and junior Wimbledon champ. And you can see here each person, each uh, you know expert has 10 episodes plus free access episodes. So you can actually use this platform for free uh, if you want to just watch the standard definition video of these um of these courses so you could for example if you wanted to watch boris becker you could you could watch his episodes uh watch it in standard definition with ads if you want to watch the premium version and you want to get access to it in hd without ads you can sign up for the platform using 
the code QUALITYSHOT30, as you can see on the banner below, and you can get 30% off uh, the course with that code, with that promo code. I don't get anything from it, by the way, so um, only do it if you personally, uh, you know, enjoy watching i would suggest that you go onto the site onto the website you watch some of it and think okay you know am i going to get benefit from this i watched the videos for example the boris becker ones and i thought they were incredibly informative and in hd and without ads of course it just adds a little bit of convenience and uh just you know, watches better as well, doesn't it? They also have a YouTube channel as well. So do check that out and do subscribe to their channel uh, for some little clips there as well. But I, I genuinely can't tell you enough, actually, how highly I, I rate this platform. I think it's a really good, um, a very, very good uh, platform for people to uh, expand their tennis knowledge, not just as players, but even just as avid tennis fans so do check it out it's toplevelTennis.com, and as i said the code below if you use quality shot 30 you will get 30 percent off okay on to roland garros um roland garros this is an interesting one because i feel like we always talk about the same people, right? Last year, of course, Rafa Nadal won it, be- beating Kasparud in the final, uh, beat Novak Djokovic in the quarterfinals and semifinals, uh, beat Alexander Zverev, who, of course, had injured. Um, who got injured, sorry, even. What I would say is... Um, it's going to be interesting. It is, because... Nadal's definitely the favourite again, and, and Djokovic will be up there as well. Kras, Kasparud and Sitspas, I think we have to then chuck in as well um, as favourites. And I think, in my opinion, it's going to be Nadal's as the favourite and then below that. And people might disagree, but I think all of those guys are on level playing fields. I think Djokovic, Alcaraz, Rude and Sitspas, I think all have a good chance. And Zverev, you could arguably say as well, should be in that mix. But with the injury and coming back, I'm not sure how he's going to look. But if he's looking at top level, then he's in there. If not, then he's below that. Um, And I think Holgerun is my dark horse. Holgerun is a dark horse for Ronan Garros. I think he is an all-court player. And and we've seen that recently. Uh, I think on grass is his probably most difficult surface to to really get those those results that he'd want um, and get those wins that he'd like on that surface and it will take some time for him to adapt and also uh, improve his game on that surface so we shall see how he gets on but on clay dark horse beats his past last year he loves the clay he has got some great results on it as well. Um, his game is suited to, as I said, all surfaces, but especially the clay. And he's at home on it. He really is on the red dirt. Uh, so he's my dark horse, and winner will be Novak. Sorry. Well, it could be Novak Djokovic, but my, my winner is going to be Rafa Nadal for Roland Garros. So I've got uh, Medvedev for the Australian Open and Nadal for Roland Garros so far. Wimbledon, the green stuff. Wimbledon, 
I mean, Djokovic, similar to Roland Garros, Djokovic is the the top dog. He, he's the overwhelming favourite, similarly as Nadal is for Roland Garros. And then below that, I think you've got everyone else. And when I say everyone else, I mean, we're, we're talking about Kyrgios, Nadal, uh, you know, who else? I mean, who else deserves to be there? Sinner, I think now, after last year, deserves to be there. Alcaraz deserves to be there. And that's probably it. I mean, Zverev and Sitsipas, we're not quite sure about on grass still. Uh, you know, can they go deep? We'll see Medvedev as well. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to play, um, you know, after that whole Russian and uh, Belarusian ban last year. But his game should be suited to a surface like the grass, right? Because he hits very flat. It's a quick surface with low bounce. Should mean that he gets a lot of purchase for his type of tennis. The only issue is his volleying, uh, but he's improving his transitioning and trying to. Look, I mean, it's so hard to back against Djokovic. I, I just don't see him not winning it. If he's fit, uh, look, it might be that he doesn't win it, say, next year, because I, I think people will then have more experience on the on the grass. But I just think the issue is, the biggest issue is, a lot of the guys, in my opinion, who look good on the grass, they haven't had enough years of experience on it. And... Djokovic has had that experience and also his game is suited to the surface now. He's got an all-court game, so he's got the experience and the game and the mental fortitude. I mean, it's just too hard, I think, to go against him on the green stuff. So I'm going to go Novak Djokovic to win Wimbledon and Dark Horse... Dark Horse... I'm actually going to go quite left field here, and it is very left field. I'm going to go Uga on Burr. Now he's had a, he had a terrible 2022, but I know he's good on the grass, especially uh, given that he won Harla last year. Uh, did lose in the first round to Nick Kyrgios at Wimbledon, but that's no shame in that losing in five. Given, of course, Nick Kyrgios made the final um, in 2022. Sorry, he made he lost to Kyrgios in the first round 2021. And then Kyrgios, of course, made the final 2022 because now we're in 2023, of course. So I have a feeling if he's fit and he actually, um, he might have to qualify, to be honest. But if he makes the draw, he's my dark horse. Um, I'll add another one because, of course, he might not even be in the draw. Um, as I said, Tim Reitervin, Tim Reitervin. Tim Wright-Hoven, sorry, even. Tim Wright-Hoven. Oh, sorry, Tim Van Ritteven, even. Sorry, excuse me. Tim Van Ritteven is going to be my other dark horse. Um, of course, winning in Holland last year on the grass, beating some great players, Medvedev, Felix, etc. He's going to be dangerous. And also, I didn't talk about Felix because he lost to Maxim Cressy, of course, in the first round in 2022, but... He should be in that bracket, by the way, below Djokovic. He'll be dangerous. And I have him going deep at Wimbledon this year. Um, he should be going deep. So let's see if he's able to. Uh, in my opinion, he should be going deep. Okay, so that's Australia, Roland Garros and Wimbledon. And we've gone in terms of winners. Um, and obviously, I've said my dark horses as well. But winners, Medvedev at the Australian Open. We've gone at Roland Garros. We've gone Nadal. And at Wimbledon, we've gone Djokovic. So... Might be a bit boring, actually, for some of you guys saying, what are you talking about? This is a bit straightforward, isn't it? Maybe the Australian Open is the only kind of controversial one out. The US Open. 
is where I guess it could get interesting because we've had a different winner every year for, well, for quite a few years now. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that trend continues. And people that have won their first Grand Slam it has tended to come at the US Open. Dominic Team, Carlos Alcaraz, uh, Marin Cilic. Uh, who else? Look, I mean, yeah, that's already a, quite a few though, right? So could it happen again this year? Potentially, yeah. Medvedev, sorry, even, of course, in 2021. So it's difficult because the calls of the US Open have gotten quicker. Uh, they were at one point very slow, and Nadal cashed in, winning four U.S. Opens. I, I think he he's not as dangerous now on these courts because they've made them quick again. They're not quite as quick as the Australian Open, but they're still pretty damn quick. Uh, look, my dark horse is going to be Francis TFO, given what he did last year, and I think um, he's a dark horse generally in terms of you know, any tournament that he enters for me because he has a lot of talent and ability. And if he's able to stay consistent throughout the year, I think he could be even knocking on the, on the door of the top 10, which, again, seems pretty ambitious and optimistic, I guess, for me to, to talk about. But I genuinely think that could be the case. For the US Open, though, I'm going to say, yeah, he's the dark horse, and I think he should go deep. Uh, when I say deep, I mean a quarterfinal semi. But for the winner... It's difficult, you know. It's really, really difficult because it's anyone's it's anyone's tournament. And at that stage as well, you know, people there will be some players that are injured, so it's difficult to know who wins. I'm going to say, and I'm sure I, I, I went for him last year as well to win a slam and it didn't happen. I'm going to go with, given that he has stayed fully fit throughout the year well well, and hasn't had any major injuries anyway throughout the year I'm going to go with Alexander Zverev to finally break his duck and win a slam I think he's got more of a chance of winning it than Stefanos Tsitsipas of course he made the final of the US Open in 2020 2020 right or 2021 um, or 2020 it was because of course Medvedev won it in 2021 and lost Dominic team. I have a feeling he's surely got to win one, and maybe it might come at the US Open, which is one of the most random tournaments um, out of all four. It really is. Uh, I don't see Carlos Alcaraz winning again. I don't see Nadal winning again. I have a feeling Djokovic, something always happens with Djokovic at the US Open. Like he got defaulted a couple of years ago and and like he, he lost early. He's lost early a few times. He's only won it three times, which is actually less than Nadal, which you know would seem crazy, right? Because you would expect on a hard court Grand Slam that he would have won it more times. And I think he has more of a chance of winning it this year, but the record to me suggests that something strange is going to happen with him at the US Open and he probably won't win it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go Alexander Zverev. So those are my picks for the ATP side. I'm going to do a separate video for the WTA because uh, we've talked quite a bit about the ATP side. So I've gone Daniel Medvedev to win the Australian Open. I've gone Rafael Nadal to win Roland Garros. And I've gone Novak Djokovic to win Wimbledon. 
Alexander Zverev to win the US Open. So uh, some interesting picks from me. And look, I haven't gone for any like super young players like a Yannick Sinner or Holger Rune uh, or even like, you know, could even talk about Nakashima, for example, uh, which might disappoint some of you guys. But that's not to say they can't do it. It's not like... Uh, and, is, and my predictions could be completely wrong. But I just have a feeling that these next-gen guys have come through. Yao Krazes, your Sinners, your Runes, Mossetti as well, kind of coming through as well. But I think your Medvedevs, your Sitspasses, your Zverev still have a lot to say in this era of tennis. And I think they'll have to finally back it up if they want to stick with these guys. I think they will which will be good for tennis. Uh, thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, let me know your grandstand predictions for the ATP side down below in the comments, and then I will do a separate video for the WTA. Um, so see you guys there as well. Thank you very much. Stay safe and well. We'll see you on the next video.